Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. It's a relationship business, right? It's not transactional. If, if you're going to be transactional with your investors, it's probably not a very good fit going forward. You want to have a relationship with them. You want to be able to text them. You want to be able to call them. Hey, I saw this article. I know you're into bodyboarding and I thought this would be cool for you. Best ever listeners, I'm proud to announce many masterminds as a component of this year's best ever conference. This year's best ever conference is virtual. So we've added something that we've never done before. And I'm confident you're going to get a lot of value from it. When you join the best ever conference, you will be thoughtfully placed into a mini mastermind group. And to give you an idea of what these mini masterminds are, it's going to be about six to eight people, fellow best ever attendees. And if you've attended the best ever conference, you know that the quality of attendees is very high. And we have experienced investors who are also good people. I'm sure there's some bad people out there, but I've never come across them at the conference. They're people who want to help and people who want to network and people who are successful already in commercial real estate. So you'll want to be a part of these mini masterminds. And in these mini masterminds, we're going to thoughtfully place you in a group with other attendees. And you're going to have different meetings virtually with them. And we're going to help facilitate those meetings. So they're going to be all around a topic. And each of the masterminds will have a different topic. For example, one mastermind, you'll talk about what resources, relationships, investments, etc. have made the biggest difference in your life. And what do you think you're missing for that next big life change or that next big milestone in business. So we're going to prompt your mini mastermind group with a topic and then you all will discuss and we'll do that for seven mini mastermind sessions. So you're going to get to know other attendees really well and you're going to get the maximum amount of networking opportunities to go deep with people because Ultimately, what I found out is the more people I know is beneficial, but what really moves the needle on business is going deep with a select number of people and really establishing substantive relationships with them. So go to BEC2021.com, sign up for the Best Ever Conference, get thoughtfully placed in 
the mini mastermind group as a result of that. Mini masterminds are going to start November 1st. And when you sign up now, you're going to lock in the best price because prices go up each week. And on top of this, I'm going to give you a code so that you can get 10% off. And that is my BEC 10. So when you sign up at BEC2021.com, put in the code MYMYBEC10, the number 10, and you'll get an additional 10% off. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today I'll be speaking with Seth Wilson. Seth, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. Before we dive into that, a little bit about Seth's background. He is the founder and managing director of a Clarity Equity Group. He's a four-time combat veteran of 14 years and currently serves in the Missouri Air National Guard as a pilot of the C-130 Tactical Airlift Aircraft. He has over 12 years of real estate experience from mobile homes to ground-up development to Class A luxury properties. His portfolio consists of $65 million in assets under management. He is based in Kansas City, Missouri, and you can say hi to him at clarityequitygroup.com. So Seth, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, so I was really excited to get into our real estate once upon a time ago because of the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure plenty of listeners have heard of that book or read it. And the challenge was I was 19 years old. I was a college student. I didn't have any money to actually buy the book. So I sat in the Barnes and Noble aisle and I read the book cover to cover over the course of about two days. So that started my journey in real estate from there. I did my first deal was a VA loan on a house in Omaha, Nebraska, 100% leverage. I timed the market perfectly. I bought it at the exact top of the market in 2007, right before the crash. So lessons learned there. And from there, started getting into mobile homes on the rent to own model. And before I knew it, I was in apartment buildings and raising money from friends and family. The challenge that I had then was that Friends and family rubber band only stretches so far, as a lot of people know, and I had to go out and learn to raise money from others. So primarily high net worth individuals and family offices. So that's where I am today. And we're focusing on building out the management company. Even during this global pandemic, we have a great team. They've increased the occupancy and decreased delinquency in our portfolio properties. So that's outstanding. So right now we focus primarily on raising debt and equity for investors that have run out of funds from their friends and family. It's a tough step to take and I've been there and done that. And that's the main focus right now. Thanks for sharing. So of that $65 million in assets under management, what portion of that is apartments? And then what portion of that is the mobile homes? Or are you out of the mobile homes and just doing apartments now? Yes, I'm out of mobile homes and just doing apartments now. So we third-party manage one of those properties and we're trading out of the portfolio that I own now. It's actually under contract to sell. So that's where I am now. 
Okay, so you're focused exclusively on multifamily. So that's $65 million. How many different buildings is that? And how many units is it total? That's three properties and about 500 units. Okay, so three properties, 500 units. So let's walk through your first deal and let's walk through the, the most recent deal. So for that first deal, do you mind telling us how you found it, what the numbers were, maybe walk us through the process of raising money from friends and family for the first time, and then what the business plan was for that deal? Yeah, so I bought a 12 unit and I used that with my life savings to acquire that. I bought another 12 unit and that was uh, family money, nothing spectacular there. And then I went to the 44 unit. So that's probably where the journey really starts. I raised friends and family money from there, from old Air Force buddies, as well as some other friends that I had. Those are generally called country club type raises. That was not too terribly difficult to do. The challenge was, is that I came up short on the equity side. And that's when I realized that I really need to get smart on being able to raise capital and, and things along those lines. I ended up only being able to close on that property because the owner took a carry back on it, which I then cashed her out of about eight or nine months later. From there, things got interesting because I knew I was stuck, right? And maybe some of the other best ever listeners know this, that you get to a point and the rubber band, as like I said, is only stretched so far. And you know you can go to the next level. You have it in you. You have the time. You have the energy. You have the experience and expertise. You just don't know how to do it. And that's where raising money from outside investors is very important. So on the next one was a 93-unit property. Absolutely no ability to raise money at this point. I had built a pitch deck, which is something that we build for people now. And I did some marketing and a gentleman saw some of the marketing materials that we had. And he said, hey, I'm interested in getting involved in your next deal. And I said, well, that's great because I actually have one under contract and I have no idea how I'm going to be able to close on it. And he says, well, I'm very interested and, and let's figure something out. So he came in, he brought the equity that was required to close on that property. And then since then, we've done a few more deals together. So you put it under contract, didn't know how you're going to raise money. And then this guy put forth all the funds. Yeah, I did bring some money to that deal. That's kind of like jumping off uh, cliff and then trying to build the parachute on the mm-hmm. way down. I really don't recommend that strategy. And it's yeah. better to have the money put together first and then go about finding the property. And I know that you guys preach that. So you said this must have been like a pretty amazing pitch deck that you had if the guy put forth all the funds for that deal. So do you mind walking us through the marketing material that he saw? Did he like email you? Did he meet him in person? I'm just curious of how this whole situation unfolded. Okay. If you really want to get the, the deep parts of the story, the marketing piece was a article that was in the Kansas City Business Journal. It came out on Black Friday, 2016, I believe. And I was actually in Las Vegas on an Air Force trip. It was a real hardship tour, but I made it through and we stayed up all night. We actually were flying all through the night during a very large exercise. I get to my hotel room about two in the morning. Some of the crew goes out and hits the strip. I went to bed. The next morning I woke up and there was an email waiting for me. And it says, hey, we saw your article and we would like to meet with you. And that was it. And there were some punctuation and grammar issues involved in it. So I wasn't too, I was like, <laughs> okay, who are these guys? Funny. And a lot of people were calling me trying to sell me insurance, right? These insurance salesmen. Uh, I didn't even think about that. 
very persistent. But I had this rule where if they take the time to reach out to me, I will do the courtesy of calling them back. And we went to lunch when I came back in town, and it wasn't so much a meeting as it was an interrogation. And the pitch deck that I had is very antiquated now. I don't even use it anymore, but it just showed my experience and what it was that I was going to do going forward. I didn't think that the meeting went well at all initially. And about a week later, he called and said, yeah, you know, I'm interested in doing this. Let's get some terms together. So that's the real story there. Nice. Uh, to back up a little bit more, to get in that business journal, my wife knew that I was trying to get in the business journal, get a piece done on me. And she was actually at a media mixer. She worked in the local television at the time. She found the guy. She cornered him at this mixer and says, my husband's been trying to call you and you need to call him right away and you're going to do a great story on him. And he's like, oh man, okay. So the next day, the gentleman calls me and says, hey, I met your wife last night. I was like, yeah, I heard. Sorry about that. But it was a great relationship and great opportunity. So That's hilarious. Wow. Very lucky to have that. Yeah. Grateful to her for that. So we got a 93 unit. You mm -hmm. walked us through how you did that one. So he said 93 unit, 44 unit. Were those the two? And then the third one brought you to 500 total units. So that's been a pretty big deal. Well, the 44 unit I traded out of last fall. Oh, okay. So I don't own that any longer. The next one was a 144 unit property. And the same investor was interested and he brought some friends into that deal. So those two, the 93 and 144, you know, the ones that we're trading out of, and those should close here in the next couple of months, which is great because of the pandemic and everything else. But those properties are doing outstanding. And then there was a brand new development that we third-party managed for, and that's here in Kansas City as well. And that was a ground-up Class A development, and it's uh, only about 50% occupied as of today, but it's rapidly increasing from there. I mentioned in your intro that you were also raising money from family office. Is that this guy or is that something different? No, he does not have a family office. He has had a liquidity event from a sale of his business and he manages his own capital. So family offices are generally a little bit of a different flavor than a sure. high net worth individual. Do you um, mind walking us through how you started working with these family offices? Sure. So first off, I built a track record of success. I showed that I was an expert in what I was talking about. I could certainly hold my ground when I asked a lot of questions. And these are really a list of tips, really. First is I had the relevant experience. Air Force training does not convert to managing apartments or acquiring apartments or meeting with bankers. So you have to have relevant experience. I showed that I was an expert. I was able to stay in my ground. I understood my numbers inside and out. I understood the market. I understood the demographics. I put together the look. Okay, so books are judged by their cover. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, but it's true. And I had the marketing materials through the pitch deck. And when it came time to answer these questions or work with people, I was prepared because that's what experts do. And then I just trusted the process of reaching out and networking the best I could and then took a lot of action from there. And I still continue to do that to this day, actually. So those are really five sure. tips going down the line of how to work with these kinds of people. So your next question is going to be, well, why did you decide to work with family offices? And Well, before that, the first one totally makes sense. Make sure you have the relevant experience, show that you're an expert, which involves being prepared, having the look. So you had having the look and then reaching out and networking, taking massive action. I'd like you to elaborate on those. So the look, you're talking about suit and tie look, or you're talking about from like a more branding marketing perspective. 
The answer is yes. There's lots of guys, and I know that especially in coastal cities, the hoodie and jeans, flip-flops is the look, and certainly they can get away with that. I've never found that that's been congruent with my personality. So when I do meet with the family office, one of the things I'll do is I'll call and speak to the receptionist or someone else lower on the totem pole and ask them what their dress code is there. And then I'll just dress one notch higher than that, unless they're already wearing suit and tie and that's what I'll wear. So for example, if it's Colorado based, all these guys wear all Patagonia, right? So you don't want to be a suit and tie guy there because you're not going to fit. It's adapting to your audience and knowing who they are. So if you go to a New York office, you don't even need to ask. You're going to wear a suit and tie, open collar, depending. So we have that kind of stuff. And there's guys, Mark Zuckerberg's of the world don't have to do that, but unfortunately I'm not him. Okay. So we got that one down. So then next yeah. reach out and networking. So you kind of already mentioned that you call into receptionist to schedule a meeting. Like, how do I get a meeting with the family office? Well, Assuming you, I have the relevant experience, I'm prepared and I've got the look down. How do I actually get in there? Well, you're going to want to talk to someone that's on the committee. The patriarch or matriarch is always the best. However, you're probably not going to have access to call them if you're trying to cold call and they're not receptive to that anyway. There's a lot of groups out there where the chief investment officer, acquisitions and dispositions, they're out there, they're searching for business and deal flow. So you connect with those people. And then they also generally sit on the investment committee before they make a decision on to invest in a deal or not. The patriarch or matriarch, especially if they're generation one, they don't need an investment committee. They say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And that's the way it goes. But anywhere else, if they're aggregating deal flow and you're not speaking to the person that was the wealth creator, you're going to have to go through generally a committee. Okay, So chief investment officer or acquisition dispositions is really where you want to start. Okay. And then the last one was taking massive action. So what exactly is it action you're taking? Is it getting more experience or is it continually following up with them? What does that look like? When you're working with those types of investors, you're put together, you look good, you have the experience, you trust the process. And taking massive action. So you're on the phone, you're contacting these people, you're using the resources you already have out there, you're taking care of them, and then asking for referrals, obviously, anything along those lines. And then you're putting yourself out there. So I used to believe that having one good phone call a week was good enough. Like, hey, I had a great phone call this week, and that's great. Or I had a great meeting, and that's great. But it's not. You need to be having one or two great phone calls a day. And then let's talk about the meeting. So it's a relationship business, right? It's not transactional. If if you're going to be transactional with your investors, it's probably not a very good fit going forward. You want to have a relationship with them. You want to be able to text them. You want to be able to call them. Hey, I saw this article. I know you're into bodyboarding and I thought this would be cool for you. What are your thoughts on that? Those kinds of things. And also going out and physically meeting with them. There's times that obviously not during these pandemic times, but there's times where I go out and fly to say Chicago. I'm there for one meeting. I turn around and fly home the next day. That's it. So maybe people think that's crazy that you're spending the day to fly that far to just do one meeting, but that's how these relationships get started. And that shows that you're a dedicated person and an expert as well. Yeah. Thanks for sharing those tips. All right, Seth, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Think big, but act small. So think big on what they're going to do, but make sure that you're paying attention to the details. Okay. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I think I'm prepared. Oh, you're prepared. Let's do it. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. 
Here's the problem with virtual events. You don't get to connect with others in the way that you would for in-person events. So with this year's Best Ever Conference, it is virtual and we're fixing that problem. We are introducing many masterminds where you're going to get to know six to eight real estate investors who are accomplished and who will help you and you will help them grow each other's business. Go to BEC2021.com, sign up for the Best Ever Conference, and enter the code MYBEC10, and you'll get a 10% off on top of the lowest price, which is today, because the prices go up each week. BEC2021.com. Best Ever listeners, we have launched BestEverCauses.com. That's BestEverCauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Okay, Seth, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I've recently been interested in investing in debt. So two books, Invest in Debt and The Banker's Code. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Oh, I wasn't expecting that question. If my business was to collapse today, what would I do next? I'd probably take my lessons learned, lick my wounds, and then get back up and try again. Is there any deals you've lost money on? If so, how much and what lesson did you learn? I have not lost any money on any deals and I haven't even come close. Well, then let's talk about the deal you made the most money on. How much did you make and give us the details. Well, we're looking to close out on these two properties now. It's going to be a very healthy check coming my way. The details, the value add deals, everything that I look to invest in, I want to see a 2x return at the partnership level and 1.7 to 1.8 at the LP level. And that attracts the investors that I need. And we share in the upside. The investors do well first, and then I do well. What is the best ever way you'd like to give back? Giving back to the community. My wife and I are involved in numerous charitable organizations, as well as donating our time. Unfortunately, getting out and meeting people isn't really happening right now. And we also have two small children under the age of three. So unfortunately, we don't get to go out as much as we like to help out, but there's numerous local charities that we donate to. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? That's the website. Please go to the website with how much money we spent on it. ClarityEquityGroup.com. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. And there's all sorts of great resources on there as well. Perfect. Well, Seth, thank you very much for joining us today and telling us about your journey. I think the biggest takeaway that most people are going to get from this, well, well, the first one was how you were able to raise money for your first deal. The story about getting in the Kansas City Business Journal is funny, but also I think enlightening and gives people an idea of creative ways to get your name out there in order to attract investors. And then the second thing was your five tips for raising money from family offices with them being one, making sure you have the relevant experience, two, displaying your expertise, three, having the right look, four, reaching out and networking, and five, taking massive action. And then for each of those, do it in more detail. And then I guess thirdly would be your best ever advice, which was to think big, 
but act small and make sure you're paying attention to the details. So Seth, again, thanks for joining us. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Theo.